When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baker Mayfield, the Browns quarterback, requested a trade. I think it's uh, been pretty obvious the mutual decision on both sides is, is to move on. Breaking news that we have here on NFL Live. The Browns have officially traded Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. If Baker Mayfield is anything like he was two years ago, the Panthers are going to be a playoff football team. Good job, boys. Good job. If something goes the wrong way and he's not the quarterback that everyone expects him to be, it might be the last time he has an opportunity to compete for a starting quarterback position. So Baker Mayfield with his first press conference in Carolina. We'll bring you more of that throughout the next hour as we welcome you here to NFL Live. We've got kind of a packed house today, which is exciting this time of year. Lewis Riddick is here. Jeff Darlington, very big Jeff Darlington in the screen there. He's not here, but he's with us on the show. And Rob Ninkovich, so glad to have you. Also later on the show, the reason someone here expects Zeke's struggles to continue. But first, guys, let's get back to Baker Mayfield. And he was traded to Carolina last week after agreeing to take a $3.5 million pay cut. The Panthers will pay $4.85 million of Mayfield's salary. The Browns will pay $10.5 million, a source told Adam Schefter. So when it comes to Baker and his feelings on Cleveland, we start there with what he said just a few hours ago to the media. No animosity towards Cleveland. It's a, a good football town that, you know, gave me the first four years of my career. And uh, thankful for those, those, you know, trials and tribulations, all the challenges, a lot to learn from and look back on and reflect. But just really focused on right now and in being a Carolina Panther and, uh, you know, pumped up to do so. The multiple conversations that I've had with Scott and Coach Rule about uh, they want me to be myself you know, be a good leader, be a great teammate, but uh, I've always been vocal and uh, being able to bring guys and elevate them. So uh, there's there's balance, but that, that competitive nature, that'll never go away. If I do that, then I, I shouldn't be playing anymore. So and that's what's gotten me here, helped get me here, and uh, I'll, I'll have to continue to do that. First of all, we think Baker's in his like new apartment there uh, in <laughs> Carolina. What, what was that background? All right, Lewis, what are your thoughts when you hear what Baker Mayfield said today? <clears throat> you know, quite honestly, Laura, the more Baker Mayfield talks, the less I want to hear him talk, simply mm. because I think he's reached the point in his career, Rob, where this is a guy who really – it's just about production on the field at mm. this point. Mm -hmm. When you're the first overall draft pick in the, in the draft and you play the quarterback position, people care about production. That's what they want. They want you to stay on the football field. They want you to stay healthy as much as you can control that, and they want you to lead your team to touchdowns and wins. That's all I care about coming from Baker Mayfield. I don't care about the chip on his shoulder. I don't care about what Scott Fitterer told him. I don't care about what anybody told him down in Carolina. I just want him to kind of cocoon, cocoon himself and say, hey, look, I'm going to get myself 100% healthy, and then I'm going to burn it all down with my performance, and I'm going to win this job, and when we play the Cleveland Browns, they're just going to be like nameless gray faces like Mike Tomlin likes to say. And I'm just going to take them one by one. That's, that's kind of the mentality I want to hear from him and see from him going forward. Yeah, and I can think of $32 million guaranteed Ooh. from Cleveland. Why he wouldn't really be mad at Cleveland. They drafted him number one overall. <laughs> I guess he got not. $32 million. He has $10.5 million coming to him from Cleveland this year. And he will play against them week one. So, yeah, of course, he's like, yeah, it's okay. 
you know, yeah, they got rid of me. But now he has to have that my career's on the line type attitude. Yeah. Because if he goes to a new place, when you're the first overall pick, when you're a first, I'll even say a first round pick, you have a little bit of leeway because you have the guaranteed money. They're going to put you in places to try and put you in the right spots to make them look. Because if they draft you number one over, what do they want? They want to look good too. Sure. They want to look yeah. good sure. drafting the right guy. So he wasn't the guy in Cleveland. They trade him away. Now he goes to a new place. And if he doesn't perform, if he doesn't perform, could be an issue for him long-term in, in his career. Yeah, Nick, you know, there's a big difference between walking into a facility as the number one overall pick and walking into a facility as a guy who just got traded and had to give up $3.5 million yeah. to just get into that building. And I, I think, based on what we heard from Baker, even though Scott Federer, the GM, has told him, be yourself, it feels at least like there is some humbling there. We'll find out how far that goes. But the only thing I'd also point out is, beyond what he says, his actions do already speak louder than words. He gave up $3.5 million to get there when he could have forced Cleveland's hand. Clearly, Cleveland had no leverage. Clearly, he could have eventually just made it so that they had to release him. But ultimately, he wants to get in that building and he wants to fight for this job. So at the very least, we can give him credit for that. I'm not making excuses for Baker, but I am pointing out what's on your screen right now, talking about the shoulder surgery that he had in January. He played 12 games with the left shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, he made the decision to play those games, right? If he was that hurt, he could have said, I'm not going to play if it was going to affect his play. But either way, that is a piece of this. So now the question is, is Baker even going to start? Well, here's what was said about the quarterback room in Carolina. This is open competition. You know, the reason why we had Baker was uh, to make the group better as a whole. Our whole philosophy is to add competition, not just in the quarterback room, but every position. I think the competition is going to make Sam better. Sam uh, really had a nice spring for us, stepped up, uh, showed a lot of edge, uh, threw the ball really well. And I think competition would be good for him, be good for PJ. It's good for Matt Corral, you know, the young guy that's going to be in the room learning. And uh, it's, it's good for Baker. And nobody has the, uh, the mentality of being a backup. We're at this level because we compete to be the very best. My intention is to become the best quarterback I can be, uh, help this team win. And that's why um, I'm happy to be in, in Carolina is this, you know, I feel like the team's very close to being really, really good. We just had to put the pieces together and come together as a team. And um, however that happens, you know, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to, you know, fill whatever role is to be expected of me and be a great leader and a great teammate. Baker, one of one, one of four quarterbacks, excuse me, currently on the Panthers roster, along with Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Matt Corral, who you heard mentioned there in this open competition. Mayfield and Darnold each had 13 interceptions last season. They have the most interceptions in the league since they were drafted in 2018. And Carolina, of course, also added Matt Corral in the third round of this year's draft. It was mentioned by Fitterer there that he could learn a lot from these guys. Jeff, are you expecting to see a true quarterback competition? in Carolina. I am. A lot of football cliches. We just had a herd out of uh, Scott Fitter and Baker Mayfield <laughs> giving it 110% and all that stuff. <laughs> but this actually does feel like one of the few times when that's the truth, when it's reality. Because both of these players are in the final year of their contract. And based on my conversations in Carolina, there is this understanding that neither guy, there's no preconceived decision based on draft status or money owed to anybody. These guys will be battling it out may the best man win and we should also point out though regardless of what scott says there i do anticipate baker mayfield and sam Darnold splitting the first team reps and when you split the first team reps that's who ultimately this decision is down to
Yeah, I mean, this goes without saying that this is an open competition. No one be, comes right? in here with a head start <laughs> yeah. at all because no one has really proven anything. Right. And look, we the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league, not what have you done two years ago when you were playing pretty well for the Cleveland Browns. You have one of the best offensive line and running games in the NFL league. No one cares about that. And when you're the Carolina Panthers and you're just trying to ascend to relevancy, you play the best people regardless of what their pedigree was or quite honestly – I mean, I hate to say it, but regardless of what you're paying them or how they got to you, you are trying to win football games. That is what you are being paid to do in the NFL. And when you're the first overall pick, you damn well better go in there thinking you're going to be the starter and win this job. Because if you can't beat out Sam Darnold, given what he has shown in this system in, with this organization, then you're right, Nick. Baker's, Baker's career is going to take a dramatic turn if it winds up not going good in Carolina. Yeah, so yeah. this is going to be intriguing to watch, yep. if nothing oh, yeah. else. Right. And, and another thing also sometimes, it bothers me a little bit, because injuries, right? I don't care if you were hurt last year. This is a new thing. And is he lefty or is he right? Is he, does he throw left-handed? He's a, he's, no, he, he's right. He's right. right. Throwing right. Shoulder. Yeah. So yeah. it's a non-throwing shoulder. So <laughs> again, okay, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, we talked about the left shoulder. Last year when things weren't going great, it was, well, he's playing with a left shoulder. He's got a harness. There's linebackers that have to reach out and grab people that have labrum tears. That can't move their arm. So, again, for the injury stuff, he fixed it. Now he's got to move on yeah. to a new place now, and earn the respect of the guys in the locker room now. A new the, respect. The, the one thing I will say, though, is that brace that he was wearing, and we got a chance to talk to him for Monday Night Football last right. year. Look, I, I actually I felt bad for him because I could tell it was restricted. I mean, I talked to Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator in Cleveland. He said, look, man, it's almost impossible to play like this. That being said, though, put that aside. you got a new start. You're going to go down there in Carolina. You better not lose that quarterback job. You better mm. not lose that competition. Exactly. I'm just telling you. And let me, as we wrap this up, let me just hit you with one more really bad stat, which is also really good if you think about stats. Regardless of who starts at quarterback, the Panthers got to be better at the position, and somebody should be better than this. Carolina is the only team in the NFL with more interceptions than touchdown passes over the last three seasons. Three seasons that's been going on. Okay, much more coming your way on NFL Live, so keep it right here. Rob Gronkowski spoke today about his retirement status, and we're going to talk about an anonymous NFL evaluator calling Tom Brady a system quarterback. Ooh! And later, ESPN.com released the top ten running back rankings. According to NFL executives, we have a debate about who number one and number two are. Hint, they're in the same division. Keep it locked right here on NFL Live. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. 
Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now it's official. Tom Brady has announced his retirement. And ultimately, Brady said, you know what? I'm not done. I'm coming back. Breaking news. Tight end Rob Gronkowski says he's retiring. Last night, Bucks head coach Bruce Arians retired. When you know it's time, it's time. Secession is way more important to me. I feel very excited. I'm ready to go. And we'll try and get this thing rolling. Lots of changes for the Buccaneers and felt like the word retire was used a lot. Well, Rob Gronkowski did that. He says he's not coming back. I say that, of course, all of us on TV that day kept saying, we'll see if he really stays retired. Here's what Gronk himself said about his status. I would obviously answer the greatest quarterback of all times and ask him how he's doing and tell him I'm doing good, but I wouldn't go back to football. I'm done with football. Love the game. Definitely blessed with all the opportunities the game of football has given me and the relationship here in New England for nine seasons and down in Tampa for two. But no, done with football and I'm stepping my feet into the business world. Yeah, that's the wind you hear blowing through Gronk's hair as he's by a nice boat by the water. I mean, Jeff, I feel silly asking this question, but is this really the last we've seen of Gronk on the football field? I don't know. I mean, look, I understand why he's saying what he's saying at this point. I think it helps everybody out for him to say that he's retired. I was literally just doing the math, though. He's promoting his ice shaker bottle, which, you know, I might hop on there and get one. It's like, $40, $40, right? You oh. have to sell a lot of those. Like, let's see, $8 million divided by 40. You got to sell 200,000 ice shakers to make up an NFL season for Gronk this year. So I think that the reality there is that basically Gronk, let's just put off the ice shakers for one more year, come back one more season with Tom, and then you can go retire. I'm still not convinced that that won't ultimately happen. Yeah, the beginning part of what you just heard Gronk saying, he was saying, yeah, he would take a call from Tom Brady. He would tell him how great retirement was. But reality is, he might take that call. (laughs) It's up to Brady to convince him to come back. We'll see how that plays out. Let's continue with Tom Brady, because based off of last season's numbers alone, it's hard to believe that Brady was potentially done and going to join Gronk in retirement. At 44 years old, Brady led the league in passing touchdowns, yards, and attempts, finishing second in the MVP voting behind Aaron Rodgers. No wonder he wasn't ready to hang it up. Brady now was fourth on the list of top 10 quarterbacks from an ESPN.com article released yesterday. And listen to this. One NFL personnel evaluator said Brady at this stage needs schemed throws against zone coverage to win. Quote, you still need Brady's mind to make it work. His ability to manipulate defenders with his eyes, anticipate, and throw with location is still the best. But all right, Rob, what do you think about that statement when you hear that about Brady, somebody that you're very familiar with? Salty. Somebody is salty. Somebody is They're mad. Somebody's like, I can't, beat, I can't beat Tom Brady. So guess what? Let me just say that he needs to scheme up zone oh. throws to win because, listen, 
In the NFL, you scheme everything. You scheme zone. Duh. You scheme man. You scheme every. You scheme defensively. So guess what? If they're a two by two bunch stack teacup, they may watch the crack toss. You do all that stuff. So again, somebody salty. I don't know. Who is it? I, I would love to know who it is. I'd love to know who it is. You know, Show that, yourself. You know, that sounds like some personnel evaluator, since that's what the quote was, who was watching some TV show, heard somebody say scheme throws, and was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> because really, you're kind of outing yourself when you're talking like that, and you're saying, well, Brady needs scheme throws in order to survive. And but what else does it say? Like, you still need Brady's mind to make it all. It's always been about Brady's mind. It's always been about his pre-snap <laughs> intelligence. Right. It's always been about his ability to read coverage, understand what's going to happen post-snap, and throw the football where the defenders aren't. That's football. That's offensive football. Like you're you're not saying anything anything here that really anybody cares about, and you're anonymous anyway. So now we're just making yeah. fun Who of is you. It? Whoever you are, hopefully you're watching the Lou. show. Rob's going to pressure him. Yeah. Go it down. also requires uh, arms and legs for Tom Brady to be the greatest of all time. Like, you've got to have certain things, certain skill sets. Like, the idea that he is a system quarterback, which seems to be the implication there. He is the system. No matter where he goes, he will always be the smartest person when it comes to personnel and arguably the smartest person to understand that position on the planet. So but, no matter what, I, I, I don't understand that ever. He's not just like, who was it? Ryan Clark was saying yesterday that Lamar Jackson is the system. Tom Brady oh yeah. is the system. But, but Tom is, himself has said he wouldn't be the quarterback he is if it wasn't for the system that he played in and the coaches that he was tutored by early in his career. He's admitted that himself. So when mm. other people say it, what do you think? Ooh, you're hurting his feelings. He's admitted it. He and that's okay because that's right. football, right? Yeah. Well, it works that's out football. quite well when you win as many championships as he has, right? right. Like there, there's I'll take nothing it. to be a good system. Yeah. I'll take the championships. Come after me. Uh, it will be interesting, too, to see how he operates as potentially an offensive coordinator type in this Bucks offense again this year. He kind of has done that before, as we all know, but now I think we'll see that even more. All right, coming up on the show, we got a lot more to get to still. Cowboys superstars Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott both received some criticism from anonymous coaches again and executives. Can Dak, Zeke, and the Cowboys quiet the haters this season? Someone here has doubts as well. We'll be right back. Here's a look at some of our featured events this weekend and next week. This Saturday is our next UFC Fight Day main card on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. Don't miss it. The Home Run Derby next Monday from Dodger Stadium on ESPN and ESPN2. And the first episode of The Captain premieres right after the Derby on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. And the 30th Annual ESPYs are next Wednesday on ABC. We got you covered all over the place. And yesterday, we talked about the top 10 quarterbacks for the 2022 season. Today, the list of top running backs was released on ESPN.com. Our Jeremy Fowler asked 50 league executives, coaches, scouts, and players to rank the top 10 running backs with Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor finishing in the top two spots on this year's list. So let's focus on those two guys first. Those two AFC South running backs were one and two for good reason, right? Henry averaged 117 rushing yards per game last season before his injury, while Taylor averaged the second most rushing yards in the league. And Taylor putting together a historic season for the Colts, becoming the youngest player in league history to have 2,000 scrimmage yards and 20 touchdowns in a season. He was dynamic. Here's what one coordinator said about Derrick Henry in Jeremy Fowler's article. He said, quote, 
I'd still give him one more year at the top. He's the constant for that offense, no matter who's around him. I still trust him to make it happen above anyone else. You can give him the ball 30 times, and he won't disappoint. One more year at the top, though. All right, we'll start with Jeff. What's the latest on Derrick Henry's health status as we get closer to training camp? Well, the good news, Laura, is that he suffered that Jones fracture last season. They kept him down. But ultimately, that's a pretty short healing injury. Uh, by January, he was honestly really fully healed. So he's had a full offseason to be himself and to go through his normal regimen. It's expected that he'll enter training camp fully ready to go. And whether it's 38 carries or 25, I'd imagine that Derrick Henry will be able to handle a pretty good workload. Yeah, he gets the lion's share no matter what to the point of the coordinator who commented previously. So, Rob, I go to you now. Do you agree that Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL? Yeah, yes, I do. I mean, last year the guy had 10 touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards, and he missed a big chunk of the season. Yeah. The year before that, he had over 2,000 yards. You think about that, 2,000 yards on the ground. There are other running backs out there that barely reach 1,000 in a full season. So you look at this roster and how they're built. They want to be physical. They want to have that that Mike Vrabel toughness is built through the running game. That's how he that's how he presents to this team. We're going to be tough. We're going to be physical. We're going to run the football, and that's what makes up the the mentality of this football team. It's being tough and physical. Yeah, <clears throat> look, I love Derrick Henry, but Jonathan Taylor is it for me because look, mm -hmm. I think he could. If you put Jonathan Taylor in Derrick Henry's offense, Jonathan can do everything Derrick Henry can do. Huh. He's not as big. He's not as tall, but this guy has. 10-3, meter speed. This is a guy who has better make you miss behind the line of scrimmage in the hole, out in the open field. He's a guy who can take it to distance. You're not going to run him. You're not going to run him down. And here's the thing. He is going to develop a third down package as far as his route running and his hands that's going to separate him from every running back in the NFL. Hmm. I think Jonathan Taylor has historic level talent, meaning he could go down as one of the best runners to ever do this, ever. I played against Emmett Smith. Jonathan reminds some people of Emmett Smith, but Jonathan Taylor is also 4'3 yeah. and bigger. Mm. Emmett Smith, look, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Jonathan Taylor, before it's all over, if, if the Indianapolis Colts can keep their offensive line healthy and intact and playing at the level that it plays at the same way they did in Dallas for Emmett Smith, mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor, when it's all said and done, will be looking at as one of the top three, four backs to ever play this game. Wow, I almost want to let that breathe for a minute. It's <laughs> very powerful. You, I, I, it you know what? I, mean, I, I love the kid, and I, and I will say this. Look, I'm a little bit biased, too, and I'll tell you why. Because I got to know him. Yeah. And Laura, as good of a player as he is, he is a ten times better person. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He's the perfect draft pick. Mm. You could pay him whatever. He's one of those guys who, you know what, as a GM, I might just say, hey, look, just take the second contract. <laughs> I don't even care. Yeah. It's not my money anyway. <laughs> just take it because right. he's that good of a person. Well, I would, I would say this. The one-two on this list if they're on your team, you got a chance. You're pretty no good. Every right. single yeah. weekend. So, I mean, either one, you're winning. All right, so you're mentioning a former Dallas Cowboys running back in Emmitt Smith. Let's get back to this list of running backs because there's somebody missing on it. One notable name, another Cowboys guy, Ezekiel Elliott, missing from this top ten list. He rushed for just over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns last season, but he averaged the fewest yards per game in his career. So one NFC executive anonymously said this about Zeke, quote, he's still a good player, but that burst he once had 
doesn't seem to be there. All right, so let's look at the numbers. The production has been there throughout Zeke's career. He is easily the most rushing yards in the NFL since his rookie season in 2016, but he hasn't put up the same numbers since signing his massive extension in 2019 that made him the highest paid running back in NFL history. He's made $58 million throughout his career. That's the most for any running back in the last six seasons. It's one of those things when you get paid, you know that that microscope intensifies, mm -hmm. that spotlight brightens. But, Rob, is Ezekiel Elliott, in your mind, still a top ten running back in this league? I, I think we're seeing him slow down a little bit. And that middle stat, that 1,650 attempts, yeah. attempts. Now, that's not including blitz pickup. That's not mm -hmm. other snaps where he's in on the field taking hits. So, again, that's a lot. And we've seen over the years, running backs, they have a short shelf life here. They can't be out there and take the, the amount of punishment that Zeke has taken over the years. So, again, you're seeing a little bit of that burst slipping a little sure. bit. You don't see it as crisp or as explosive we've seen it in the past. So, I think for him to be on the outside, it's not a wrong thing when you look at yards per carry and then the amount of attempts. You can't look at the next year or two and say, oh, well, he's going to be better than he was in year one, two, or three. So it's tough as a running back. We've seen running backs. It's a short life cycle. Hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of his production now is dependent upon how it's blocked up front, just how good are the people Point. in front of him because he doesn't have that make you miss that he maybe once had. And what also exacerbates this conversation is the fact that behind that offensive line that you're seeing right there on the screen, you have another running back in Tony Pollard who may be able to make up for some of the deficiencies that this offensive line has because he does have that burst. And when you see him come in the game, mm. and then you see Zeke come in the game. And then you see Pollard come in the game, and you see Zeke come in the game. Mm. You sit there and go, whoa, those two cats are different. Wow. <laughs> they look different. Yes. That guy's explosive. The other guy's a little bit more methodical. I'll just put it that way. Not that he doesn't have explosiveness, but Pollard has juice, man. He can get going, and he can get going in a hurry. I will just say this for Ezekiel Elliott. There's no doubt the guys in front of him, are a, they are crucial, mm. absolutely crucial yep. to his success going forward. He can't make it happen without those guys playing at a high level. He just can't. And that's okay. Look, that's the nature of the position. That's just the way it goes. Right. I, the one thing, too, and I'm glad you brought up the offensive line for, for Dallas because I feel like we talk about Zeke so much. We talk about Tony Pollard. We talk about CeeDee Lamb. We talk about Dak Prescott. But do we talk about the changes on that O-line? Mm -hmm. Not as much. That's a big piece when you talk about what these Cowboys may be. All right. As for Zeke Elliott's quarterback, let's talk about Dak Prescott a little more. Had Cowboys single-season record 37 touchdown passes last season. He had the best game of his career in Week 18 at the Eagles with career highs and touchdown passes in QBR, but he couldn't replicate that success in the playoffs as the Cowboys lost at home to the 49ers and he dropped to 1-3 in the playoffs. So here's what one NFC executive said about Prescott and Jeremy Fowler's article in the top 10 quarterbacks where Dak was 10th on the list. He said, quote, a good but not great QB. He has to play well in the playoffs, has to prove he can take them to the next level. He's not in the top echelon. Lewis, how much confidence do you have in the Cowboys' offensive unit as a whole with Dak and Zeke leading the way? Look, I have, I have confidence in Dak Prescott, okay? I, I think because of the fact that he plays quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys and they haven't mm -hmm. won a playoff game, and look, a lot of things get absolutely magnified on this young man in a way that's kind of, like, unfair. It, it really is. Because if you objectively really dig into his numbers and you start looking at advanced metrics – that we use to really judge quarterbacks in this upper tier, 
He's in there with all of them. When you're look, talking about completion of percentage above expectation, total QBR, QBR against the blitz, touchdown interception ratio against the blitz, touchdown interception ratio when he's under pressure. He's nailing all of these things. But what happens is then we kind of move the goalpost a little bit for him and we go, well, he hasn't won a playoff game. Right. Well, he hasn't done this. Well, he hasn't. Done, well, I, I get that. But see, that's about the team also a little bit here, too. Yeah. That's about Mike McCarthy's clock management mm-hmm. also here a little bit, too. Yep. So how confident am I? I'm confident in Dak. I worry about this offensive line. I worry about if Tyron Smith can stay healthy, how Tyler Smith is going to develop, how Terrence Steele is going to be at right tackle. I worry about that stuff because if it doesn't go well for this entire team, you can best believe they're going to come back to Dak and Zeke. We always do. Mm-hmm. And if those guys aren't world beaters, we're going to say, see, that's why Jerry shouldn't have paid him. That's why he overpaid. But we're not – keeping it in proper context, in my estimation. Hmm. It's interesting, Rob, because when you think about the Cowboys in general, the the expectations are always going to be sky high for them. What does that look like if they do fall short again when you think about Dak specifically and you can throw Zeke in there as well? Well, I mean, if you ask Jerry Jones – if they don't win a Super Bowl, is it a great season? Is it success? He's going to say, no. I, yeah. I paid these guys a lot of money to take us to a Super Bowl, to get us back to a Super Bowl. And that's the problem when you are on in a, in a franchise where you've been to Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls, and you win them in the 90s. And then you're trying to get back, and you have uh, the Romos, and you have the running back, and then you have another run, another quarterback. You're thinking, okay, we're close here. Let's pay him. We're going to get there. But I've never seen – one or two players win a Super Bowl. It's a team. <laughs> it's a team. You yeah. gotta have yeah. three phases. You gotta have a defense. You gotta have great coaching, great scheme, and everybody's gotta come together. Mm-hmm. You pay those guys in tough situations to come in and raise the team to another level, to be that leader, that voice to where you're like, all right, guys, we can get through this. We're gonna win this game, right? So these games where they're coming up short at home against the 49ers, that's when the big time guys got to come up and the, the guys, the little guys down low, the, the 53, the 52 guys where they're mm-hmm. playing on special teams, run down on kickoff. Those are the ones that got to say, hey, Dak's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this for Dak. We're going to win this sure. game. Yeah. So, you know, you want the leadership to bring everyone together in those playoff moments like Tom Brady in the playoffs or, you know, chips are stacked the other way mm. and you look at him, he's like, we're going to win. You're like, all right, we're going to win. <laughs> yeah, if you going. say we are, we're going to do yeah. it. You know, only the Rams and the Packers have a better chance to win the NFC, according to FPI. What is the ceiling for the Cowboys to you, Lou? Look, I think they can win the division. Mm-hmm. I do, because I'll tell you, look, the offensive line coach in Dallas is really the guy who's probably under as much scrutiny as anyone. I, I, I'm going to keep coming back to this. Really, what started Dak and the Cowboys on their run to relevance as far as being division winners and then maybe conference title contenders. It was the play of the offensive line, the development, the drafting and development of the offensive line. And that's what's going to lead them again. It is. It doesn't work where you go, well, you know what? We're going to get a great quarterback, and then we'll just throw some guys out there at offensive line and pass. Nope. No, it doesn't work like that. They need that. to be protected. It's they the other time way, to throw. quite honestly. So I think, I think they can be division winners, Laura. I think they can be one of the better teams in the NFC. And I know we say that every year. But that offensive line has to come through. Dan Quinn has to take this defense to another level. Their draft picks better hit. Yep. That's a lot, but that's how it is every year. But the, and they're also on the right side of being in the NFC. If they're on the AFC, oh, watch out. You look yeah. at the, the list and the teams in the AFC. Yeah, of course, it's a two-team race in the division right now. So yep. it's them and the Eagles to win the division. Yep. I'm, the other two, okay, we'll see. But it's the Eagles and the Cowboys. We'll see if in that competition they come out on top. You mm-hmm. got a chance. You get into the playoff in the playoffs in the NFC. You have a chance if you play your best. 
Yep. Did you know that we were talking about the Eagles next? Because you just, you gave me the most perfect tee up for Didn't a know that, at all. that I think has ever happened <laughs> on TV, NFL man. Live here. Thank you. Rob, Rob's over here showing Good us how TV. it's done. Speaking of those Eagles, all right, new Eagles wide out. <laughs> A.J. Brown had some strong words for the media in defense of Jalen Hurts. Despite what Brown said, here's why Lewis still isn't sold on Hurts as the guy in Philly. It's all coming your way Ooh. next. Keep it here. Mm-hmm. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. So glad you're with us on NFL Live. Let's talk Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Can I just say sometimes we all get a little wonky without football, guys? Uh, please come back, football, because without you, things like this happen. I'm talking about the reports servicing that Jalen Hurts was struggling out there in minicamp, and his new receiver, A.J. Brown, didn't like it. He went on Twitter to clear things up, saying that practice stuff about Jalen is fake. Y'all tweet and believe anything. Like, how can he get sacked on seven-on-seven? Seven? There aren't any rushers. I I believe water is above us. Believe that too and make an article about that too. This app is crazy. Uh, okay, Robin. Water? <laughs> right, yeah, above like, us, oh, below. Okay, yeah, the oh. earth is flat. I don't know. Um, anyway, Rob, what do you think when you see stuff like this, especially around this time in the summer? <sighs> The, the media, media, they have no idea what they're looking at. They have no idea. So media people. You're you know, part of the media. Yeah, though, I know. Now, now I yeah. am. Yes, I know. I know. But when I was a player, I had a list. I'd cross you off. You weren't, you're on, you're a bad, you know, anyway. <laughs> but you go, you, if you go to OTAs or minicamp, I would think back to being in OTAs and you'd have jerseys on, helmets, nothing. You're not even touching each other. You're not right. hitting anybody. And on a certain day, you might be working on routes on air. You might be working on third down situations. You might be working on your progressions. So you're, you're not going to throw to your first or second. You're going to go to your third progression on every passing play. So don't read into what you see in OTAs mm. and minicamp. This <laughs> isn't training camp. We're not seeing real live games here. So, again, you can't, you can't look into what they're doing right now. There was points, you know, with the Patriots where they say don't rush. Let the quarterbacks throw. So right. then what does somebody say? Well, Rob McFish can't rush. <laughs> Okay, so coming up later in the show, Rob is going to release his list of hated media that got crossed (laughs) off as they said something negative about him. Mike Reese, I love you. Yeah, let's go to Jalen Hurts. Uh, He turned it on the second half of the season in his first year as the Eagles starter. His QBR was 26 in the NFL over the first seven weeks, but he had the sixth highest QBR in the league starting in week eight as he helped lead the Eagles to the playoffs. And no quarterback was more effective on the ground, with Hurts leading all QBs in rushing yards 
and touchdowns. So, Lewis, when you think about this Eagles team and what they've put around him, because that's a big piece of their story right sure. now, how confident are you in Jalen Hurts this season? I'm skeptical, Laura. Look, I, I'm, I, I generally am someone who wants to get out in front of things and kind of like try and call all the information and make an educated you know, guess, I guess, if you want to say it, about yeah. how someone's going to play. But with, with Jalen, I'm very, very cautious. I'm very cautious. Now, I understand that his QBR changed from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. I also remember how he looked in the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay? I do know that the weaponry around him is much better this year, and if the offensive line can stay healthy, they'll be able to run it and they'll protect him, and he'll have people that are open. So once people put the sideboards on him and make him stay in the pocket and throw the football in that way and make him beat you that way, he's going to have to make a believer out of me. I have a lot of questions. He's in a very similar situation to me as Tua is. And yeah. I think, okay, if you were to put them in, exact, in the exact same situations, same offensive line, same wide receiver course, same offensive coordinator, and everything is set around them, and someone said, make a prediction as to who you think is going to excel, Jalen or Tua, I'm picking Tua. So I think Tua is a more natural thrower of the football and a more natural quarterback. I could be wrong. We'll see. But I, I have my questions about him. Hmm. I'm on the other end of this. I think Hurts is the guy. And, and the one thing about football – that really can affect how well you play is confidence. Yeah. And being confident and knowing that you are the guy. You're going to be the guy here. You're, you're their day one starter. You're going to take every rep. You're the guy. We go out. We go get more weapons for you. We have healthy players. We have a defense. We have everything here for you. Now we're going to put you in the right spot. So have confidence. So, I mean, think of 2020 when they were playing the number one ranked defense in the Saints. He beat that team. And I was impressed with how he performed in that pressure, pressure situation. And he's still the quarter. Last year, there was all the questions. He's going to be the guy. Well, now he is the guy. He's the guy. So now taking that confidence to another level with healthy players, Brown sticking up for his quarterback. I really think that this year with that confidence and the weaponry around him, that he's going to take that next step. You know, speaking of confidence, though, like think about I know this isn't a tour conversation, but I'm going to make it one. <laughs> I know How about are. that guy's confidence? Yeah. They were taking him out in the middle of games and putting, I mean, yeah. And just yeah. subbing him in and yeah. out of there and putting Fitzpatrick in there. He had zero. I mean, absolutely no confidence that he didn't know what was going to happen from series to series. So if using that as a, as a barometer and as a gauge, Tua, Pro yeah. Bowl, baby. I got to play 17. He's got to play 17. Pro Bowl. Well, played a full true. season. Pro Bowl. It is interesting when you think about the situation that Hurts was in, too, with Carson Wentz and just everything that was going on Weird. with that team. It was an odd Awkward. situation. I'm not, I'm not saying we're making excuses here, but I think context is important. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to a little bit more here. Uh, A.J. Brown actually followed up the earlier tweet. He said, in a 10-play series, Jalen threw three touchdowns to me. Donovan McNabb and T.O. fought each other the other four plays. And Vince Papali came out of retirement had the other three receptions. Fly, Eagles, fly! He said I'm clearly having some fun oh, there. The Philadelphia media. I love how we had to put, like, the clearly having some fun, just in case someone believed it. I, mean, I don't yeah, know. Well, they you might. Know. You never know. Gullible's written on the ceiling, guys, and if you looked up at home, please tweet us and let us know. All right, up next on NFL Live, Baker Mayfield was introduced as a Carolina Panther officially today, and we've already heard from him on his former team. Next, hear what Baker had to say about how he can thrive on this new Carolina squad. We'll be right back. UFC Fight Night returns Saturday with our featherweight main event that you don't want to miss. Prelims start at 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Plus, followed by the main card at 2 Eastern on ABC. 
We get back to Baker Mayfield. He held his first press conference as a Carolina Panther today. He was traded away by the Browns last week, of course, and plenty for Baker to prove with his new team. He addressed his new offense and spread the ball out to all of his new weapons earlier today. Listen to this. For me, I've talked to most of the guys in the offense, um, almost all of them, and, you know, it, it's a lot of talent. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of mouths and hands to be fed, uh, which is exciting, and obviously – improvements on the O-line, bringing guys in. It's going to be competitive. I just think it's all headed in the right direction to have a very competitive uh, offensive team, and that's great. Anytime you have competition inside the building, it makes everybody better. One of those mouths he's going to have to feed, Christian McCaffrey, who was seventh on this year's list of top ten running backs, and he's only played ten games in the last two seasons after he played every game in his first three seasons. We know how dynamic he is when he's healthy. And NFC exec said of McCaffrey, quote, not as dynamic as some others, can't stay healthy. <laughs> that was funny based on what I just said. I'm guessing Carolina will give him less touches in efforts to preserve him. That's interesting, trying to keep him healthy. Uh, Lutus, do you think that the Panthers can be successful this season if McCaffrey gets less touches? I don't know. Is, is he less dynamic or like that? That was <laughs> well, one of those was my yeah. quotes. And, yeah, and yeah, I know. The other person didn't agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he can be because I think Laura, it's going to be about efficiency. Yeah. Right. So it's about yards per carry. It's about plus ten, plus twenty yard plays in the run game. It's about plus twenty yard plays in the screen game, catching the ball out of the backfield. It's about moving the chains on third down. So I think his volume can go down, but his efficiency can actually increase, and therefore you're getting the best of both worlds. But and I, and I think that's absolutely crucial for any of these quarterbacks, whoever lines up behind center, yeah. to be successful. He has to be efficient. It's not about volume for me. It's about gaining yards and gaining explosive yards, and he can do that. Hmm. But he's yeah. got to stay on the field first, right? Yeah, exactly. And he is dynamic. I mean, he's, no question. he's explosive. Well, that's someone agrees with my quote. He, he, yeah, you, he's but. very dynamic. He's explosive. He's a catch-and-run guy. He can run every route. He, he can run a wheel route, and he can score on you. So mm-hmm. those guys are tough because everything's matchups. You wouldn't put a linebacker on McCaffrey. So what they need to do is to make sure that they utilize his skill set mm-hmm. to his advantage and the team's advantage and not over – work him when it comes to, okay, well, we don't have a go-to guy. He's our go-to guy. Feed him the rock every play, every play. Throw it to him every play. So they're going to have to spread the wealth and spread the ball around a little bit and use him in screen situations, catch-and-run situations, and also matchups. Everything's matchups in the NFL. So depending on the defensive set, who's covering McCaffrey, you got to put him in the proper matchup so he can win, his, win the one-on-ones and win. And, and against a linebacker, it's easy money. Yeah. for him to beat a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to put a safety on him to try and cover him. Right, and then you hope your safety can even handle it, right? Exactly. So uh, let's talk about, though, his health, though, Jeff. How healthy is he as we get closer to camp? So he is healthy. Uh, he's going into camp ready to roll. The one thing I'd say is, you know, the graphic underneath there says missed 23 or 33 games with ankle and hamstring, and that is true, but it doesn't exactly tell the whole story. There were two other nagging injuries in addition to another kind of separate ankle issue in addition to that. So we're talking about like five different injuries over the last two years. So when we talk about injury concerns, that's what we're talking about. And that's the reason why I hear that the Carolina Panthers would like to limit some of those reps in practice during training camp to make sure they get the most out of them in the season. So yes, he is healthy. The uh, the whole quest here is to keep him that way. Yeah, and uh, to Jeff's point, I mean, the anonymous quote was saying the dynamic factor and maybe lack thereof has to do with the times when he's not healthy. It, think about this NFC South. Think about these Panthers. Are they a playoff team? I'm not saying they're winning the division by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but it, do they make the playoffs in your mind? 
No, I, I don't. I don't believe so. Because look, I, I think the West in the NFC is going to be very strong. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. people are discounting Seattle a little bit simply yeah. because of the fact that they don't have Baker Mayfield, right? Or they don't have a quarterback that you could possibly win with. But I think Seattle has a very strong roster. Arizona is going to be in there. San Francisco, Trey Lance is going to light it up. I, 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 just, okay, okay. I, I just won't believe Love otherwise. It. And you know the Rams will be in there. So look, they're not going to beat Tampa Bay. They're not going to... They're not going to. They're not going to sweep Tampa Bay. They're not going to sweep New Orleans. Mm -mm. And then you really. And then in the North, right. think about this. Look, we're talking about Daniil Hunter in a, in a segment earlier mm -hmm. today for a whole different show. <laughs> Look, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be strong this year. Right. You know, Kevin O'Connell right now, people are look, t talking about, look, this guy's a breath of fresh air for Mike Zimmer. Mm. He's going to propel. So I know I'm kind of getting off track here, but at the same time, you asked me the question, can they make the playoffs? I just don't think they can. I don't think they have enough firepower. The NFC is going to be stronger, I think, than people think. Hmm. Nope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Boom! Yeah, go, wow. Stamp Let's it. be real. Let's Just be real. Stamp it. They won five Bam. games. They yeah. won five games. So yeah. they're going to go from five to 12? Like, come on. Like, they, there's a progression here. First, they've got to find a quarterback. Find your quarterback first. You got a great hey, running back. Keep him healthy. Who do you think is their starting quarterback for? I don't know. No, but like I want <laughs> right. to know. Who do you think? Uh, I think Sam, Sam Darnold. I mean, he, I'll follow the money. He's making 18 million this year. Okay. I'll follow the money on that. You think Sam Darnold's going to be the starter? I, I mean, him or Baker. You're paying. So it's if I paid you 18 million to paint my house, and another guy says, I'll, you know, I'll give you four million. I'd say I'm going to go with the guy I paid 18. No, wait, no, wait a minute. Wait. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> you you think Sam Darnold's going to beat out Baker Mayfield? I I think right now the Sam Darnold is out? the starter right now. Baker has to throw the football. Oh, well, of course. I mean, he's I'm, gotta, I'm, I'm he's talking about in September. Bro. Yeah, me too. Yep. I think Sam Darnold's a start. Really? Yep. All right. I think Sam Darnold's a start. Really? I, I think you think that Baker Mayfield starts, but I don't have time to ask you. So we have one more thing before we go, and it's actually a trade. The Patriots have traded Nikhil Harry to the Bears. This is coming from Field Yates, this information. Interesting. Nikhil Harry never panned out as a first rounder for the Pats, but now we get to see what he can do in this Bears offense with Justin Fields at the helm. I do like them getting another weapon for Fields, Lou. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like it's not like the Patriots are, are all of a sudden, you know, like tearing it up at wide receiver no. and they're jettisoning their their first round pick. Look, I look, I love Justin Fields, but man. Uh, get him some help. All right, we'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. Good blocker. <laughs>